Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name's Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week three in the ACC, got one conference game, got a bunch of -of out-of-conference games that make for some really interesting matchups. We got a lot to talk about. How are you doing? Good. Um, Temporary microphone uh, thing. I'm playing a road game, so microphone Mm -hmm. still works. No problems there. Just temporary. Well, you, I mean, you know, the power cable will eventually get to where you are right now. Just it'll take, you know, if you yeah, yeah. supply chain, inflation, COVID, all that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Mike, we've got I d- didn't even count how many games we got on the schedule. What? Seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve games. Um, ten of them against FBS opponents. We got spreads and totals and all that for them. Actually, sorry, nine of them against FBS opponents. Um, let's start. We got one on Friday night as the Louisville Cardinals for the second straight Friday going to be playing. This time they are at home. They are hosting Florida State, who is a two and a half point favorite on the road. Total is 56. This will be on ESPN once again at 7.30 p.m. on Friday. Mike, I saw this game on the schedule following last week, uh, last week's win for Louisville, and my first thought was, I don't know how to set a spread for this game. I don't know what either of these teams mm-hmm. is or is going to be. How do you feel about Florida State being favored here? Well, I, I mean, I think Florida State being favored is a reaction to them beating LSU. I mm-hmm. think that's what that is. Um, I'd argue that Louisville beat a better opponent in UCF. Oh. <laughs> so... Um, we got UCF higher than LSU on the power rankings. I'm not sure. And I'm not sure. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure how spicy that is. You know, um, <laughs> LSU lost a bunch. Uh, you know, Brian Kelly's got a little bit of a rebuild there. And I think UCF's got a pretty good team. And that was a game that I thought UCF probably should have won. And, you know, Louisville is, is coming off of that win at home. So, you know, I, I think Florida State winning a helmet game is is what is giving them the is giving them the the advantage here in terms of the spread, two and a half points. I, I will say this though, like the way Florida State has looked, you know, the first couple of weeks of the year, um, a bit more consistent, right? Now I know the end of the LSU game got a little bit wonky. They could have easily lost. They were going into ice the game, and they fumbled, and they gave LSU another chance. Mm-hmm. And, Took a couple blocked kicks. You can argue Florida State could have lost that game against LSU, but I, I thought in totality the first through the first couple of games of the year, I thought Florida State looked better um, than LSU has or than Louisville. Well, LSU obviously, but Louisville. Um, this, this game's on the road is a Friday night. Uh, Florida State coming off of a bye. You know, I think that that is worth mentioning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're a little bit more well rested, for better or worse, after playing in Week Zero and Week One. I think I'm taking Florida State here on the road. I don't feel fantastic about it, but the one thing I've been consistent with on this podcast uh, since week zero is that I really like the way Jordan Travis has looked. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, he's playing a, a, a really good quarterback position right now for, for Florida State. He's looked more consistent throwing the football, which is something I think we all needed to see in terms of his development. I talked to James Coleman about that on the preview pod uh, for Florida State that, you know, the next progression in Jordan Travis's career is Jordan Travis the passer, not Jordan Travis the playmaker. Everybody knew, knows that he would take off and run and do some things in the open field. It was him as a passer. Um, and he seems to have taken some steps forward there, at least through the first two games. Quality of opponent has to come into play a little bit there, of course. Um, but, you know, LSU's got got four stars on defense, and Jordan Travis looked pretty good in that game. So I, I like Florida State here. They've been a little bit more consistent through the first two weeks, but I don't love it. <laughs> I don't love the pick. I, I'm just a big Jordan Travis guy. I like the way he's looked, and, and because of that, I'm going to get Florida State uh, the advantage here, I think they win. I think they cover barely. I think they win this game by like less than a touchdown on the road Friday night. Gotcha. I, I, I don't feel strongly about picking either team here. I, I think you're right. I mean, if, if Jordan, uh, I would not be surprised if Louisville does the same thing that they did in the second half against UCF on defense, where they might just dare Florida State to beat beat them through the air. Uh, see if Jordan Travis can beat them with his arm. Very good chance that he can. Um, you know, like what we saw against LSU was really something different and a step up from what we've seen, I think, from him passing the ball in recent years. And so that's the thing I'll be keeping an eye on is can they can they do that? Um, I'm going to take Louisville and the points just as a home underdog. And that's their this is their home opener uh, for what that's worth. Uh, so I think they'll be excited. I think the crowd is going to be pretty fired up here. I don't feel great about it. I, I'm I don't have a good sense for either of these teams. I, I guess we have maybe a little bit better sense for Florida State, but Louisville was ultra down and then kind of up. I guess we'll say in their first two games, um, that offense has not looked good so far in in either game. Like I I, I want to say they've scored touchdowns on like their opening drive of both games, and then other than that, they've gotten in the end zone once in two games. And so I, I don't feel great about taking Louisville. The thing I will say I, I feel pretty good about is under a total of 56. I think that's a lot of points, yeah. especially for an, a Louisville offense that has not scored well at all. Um, so I feel really good about the under. I am considering locking that up, but I will not do that just right at this moment. I might come back and do that later. Fair enough. I like the under as well. Yeah. Weeknight under. Um, again, a, a Louisville offense in particular is a little bit lackluster, and we'll, we'll see how that, that whole matchup unfolds. Yep. Eight o'clock on ESPN. The number thirteen Miami Hurricanes this is on Saturday, by the way. Number thirteen Miami Hurricanes, a five and a half point underdog on the road in College Station, taking on the number twenty four Texas A and M Aggies. Total is a brisk forty four and a half. Uh, this is on ESPN. Mike, this is the headliner of the weekend, and it was the game that uh, you know everyone's looked forward to. I think in this early season for both of these fan bases. It is a game that uh, College Game Day will be there and on set and, and ready to broadcast it. Uh, oh, no, it won't. No, it won't. Ooh. College Game Day. App State, baby. Yeah, App State took more from A&M than just their pride. They also took College Game Day for this weekend. Uh, that's going to <laughs> Boone to go with the Mountaineers. Uh, so this is just your casual run-of-the-mill 8 o'clock ABC game instead. Um. I, before we talk about who you know who we think wins or covers, totals forty four and a half under, under and lock it up. Let's lock that up right now. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please.
both defenses better than both offenses. Miami looked awful on offense in the first half last week. We, we mentioned it took them 29 and a half minutes to get into the end zone at all against Southern Miss. Texas A&M's defense quite a bit better. Texas A&M offense not going to move the ball like almost at all. It doesn't seem like against much of anybody, it seems like. Not only did they struggle against App State, they struggled quite a bit against Sam Houston, the FCS team, a, a week prior. So I do not have high hopes for offense in this game. I think this is a really low-scoring one. I, I'd be surprised if both teams get into the 20s. So give me under 44.5, and, and, and I'll have that locked. Joey, under 44.5, locked up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Double Miami receiver. Double barrel. Miami receiver Xavier Estrepo is out for this game with a foot injury, and he's going to miss multiple weeks. That's significant. Mm -hmm. He's been Tyler Van Dyke's top target through the Mm -hmm. first couple weeks of the year. So um, not to say that Miami can't move the ball without him, but it becomes a little bit more difficult to move the ball through the air. Texas A&M's offense, we talked about this on the recap, you know, um, (laughs) a little bit. Uh, because we, we touched on it briefly. A&M's offense sets football back like 200 years. Um, Jimbo is perfectly content with running like a pro style with a bunch of five-star receivers, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense because his quarterback isn't really that good. So um, I'm not all that confident Haynes King can can just light up the scoreboard with A&M. With all of that being said, I think Texas A&M wins this game. I think they bounce back. It's tough to go on the road in the SEC, I, and I can't, it's hard for me to look at that Miami team last weekend against Southern Miss and how they looked offensively in that game and think, yep, they're going to go into, uh, they're going to go into college station. No problem. They'll score. They'll score more than enough and they'll win this football game. I think it's going to be a low total game. I think it's going to come down to turnovers. I'm just not sure that Miami is ready to beat, an SEC team yet, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure they're ready to go into that environment and win. I know it sounds crazy considering App State just did it, but this is one of these spots where, like, AM played so bad last Saturday, I can't imagine they play much worse, right? Mm-hmm. They were so bad. They could not get off the, they couldn't get App State off the field. And I know the conventional wisdom would say, well, then, how are, if they couldn't get App State off the field, how are they going to get Miami off the field? I do think they'll play better here. I think AM wins in a very close game. I do like Miami to cover five and a half, though. I think it's like a field goal game either direction. Okay. Um, but I'm on AM. I don't again, don't love the pick, uh, but I do think AM gets it done here. Would not shock me if Miami pulled it off. I think it's gonna be a very close, low scoring game. Give me the Aggies at home. I the more I think about this, again, this is this is one I would not bet the spread, but if I'm picking it for the sake of this podcast. I think I'm actually going to go with Texas A&M. And, and the reason is not really anchored in football. It is anchored in perception and the fact that this is like a buy low, sell high kind of thing. And you know the world saw A&M get embarrassed last weekend by App State. And you know that the world is going to have tickets on Miami here thinking that, oh, A&M is done. We've talked all sorts of trash about Jimbo all week. Like, yeah. you know, A&M can't do it. They can't hang. And... um that's why I'm going to take A&M is because I don't think anybody yeah. wants any part of them. <laughs> if this game gets down, if this spread gets down to like my, it's right now Miami plus five and a half gets down to like Miami plus four and a half Miami plus four. Mm-hmm. I'm considering taking A&M there. Um, five and a half is a little bit, a little bit much. Yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of a lot of points after what we just saw out of both teams last weekend. 
I will say from a from a football standpoint, I do worry a little bit about Miami's offensive line protecting Tyler Van Dyke in this game. Um, Texas A&M's defensive front will absolutely be able to come after him, and that is a really good, really talented defensive front. And I wonder yep. a little bit, like, have we have we seen Tyler Van Dyke in a pressure cooker before, quite like Kyle Field that is loaded to the gills with A&M fans? Maybe. Maybe I'm not forgetting. That I, not that I can recall. Yeah. So, I, you know, might be a bit of a different situation, like you said. I mean, a couple of turnovers one way or the other could make a huge difference in this game. And so, um, I don't know. Give me A&M for the sake of uh, – for the sake of narrative and all that, but uh, I think you and I both feel really good about the under. Yeah, my, Miami spread an under for me. So, give me A and M like twenty to fourteen here, something like that. Um, let's move yeah. back. <laughs> Noon on ESPN. Yeah, back, right? yeah, let's go back. Noon on ESPN two. Uh, the Syracuse Orange, a one and a half point home favorite, taken on the Purdue Boilermakers. Total is 60. Again, another weird game, weird matchup. Um, I asked you, I think, last week, I was like, who's favored in this game? I, I don't really know how to split hairs between these two teams. Um, are you surprised that Syracuse is a home favorite here? No, because they're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that That's the only reason why. Because they're at home, no, I'm not surprised they're favored. This game feels like a pick em. Um, it does. It, it does. And it, Purdue, so I watched a lot of that Purdue-Penn State game in week one. Um, Purdue has some issues tackling. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I will say is that if you have issues tackling, you probably don't want to play Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker. Because like we've talked about and like you have explicitly said on this podcast, Joey, Syracuse has like three ways to move the football, right? Garrett Schrader run, Sean Tucker run, Garrett Schrader pass to Sean Tucker. Mm-hmm. That's how Syracuse moves the ball. And like you have said, nobody can stop it. And I don't right? know why. It it drives me yeah, insane. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And Purdue's got some tackling issues. And I think Syracuse at home, a nooner. Like, Purdue's got to go and play in the Dome at noon. There's all this hype around Syracuse now because of how they looked the first couple of weeks of the year. And they're they're moving the ball offensively. They're scoring a bunch of points. The defense is healthy and looking good. This looks like a nice little Syracuse team, Joey. This looks like I mean, through two weeks, consider the opponent, right? I get it, um, but they beat uh, everybody was on Louisville, right? Coming into the air, everybody's like, "Oh, Louisville will be much improved." Syracuse beat the hell out of them in week one. Beat the brakes off, and them. then you beat the brakes off them. Then everybody's saying, "Oh, week two, it's UConn. Do they lay an egg? Do they go to sleep? Whatever." They beat the brakes off UConn too. There was no letdown. Mm-hmm. So. Now Syracuse is welcoming a Big Ten team to town. Do you think people are going to take notice about the Orange if Syracuse comes in and wins this game by like 10 to 14 points? Do you think people start taking them a little bit more seriously? Not as like, a, again, temper expectations, but this was supposed to be a really, really bad Syracuse team. That's what everybody was saying coming into the year. I said on the preview pod with Emily Liker of Syracuse.com, I thought Syracuse might be able to make a bowl game if the defense stayed healthy. So far... Defense has been healthy, and mm-hmm. still nobody can stop Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker. Give me the orange, Joey. I think they win this game by maybe a touchdown, um, but I do like Syracuse at home in this game. Interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, the defense is healthy so far, and that that has been a bit of a sticking point in the last couple of years for Dino Babers is the defense looks good early and then gets banged up, and I, I, it seems like it's just a bad luck thing. I don't think that anyone's doing anything explicitly wrong to get there. Um I I don't I, I'm wondering a little bit like not only are people you know would they take notice of Syracuse if they win this game, 
I wonder a little bit, are people already taking note of Syracuse? And, you know, we talked about how that, that upset of Louisville was like one of the more eye-popping results, I thought, of the first week across the country, not just in the ACC. And then to absolutely put it on uh, UConn last week looked really good as well. And I wonder, are we drawing too much from that? I wonder. Um, now, Syracuse, even on the back half of last year, was pretty good as well. And, 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 it, and the offense being as simple as it was, like it, it worked, um, much to my you know, mind being in a pretzel over it, but it, it gets there. Um, I don't know. I, the thing that, I, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know who to pick. I don't know who should be favored, honestly. Um, Syracuse being favored by one and a half. I believe this opened with Purdue favored by like one which tells me there's some line movement there. So I, uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, yeah. Give me Syracuse. Oh yeah. Sure. Give me the orange. Um, we'll do that. I don't, I don't feel strongly about it. Do not recommend betting it one way or the other. Um, total is 60. I lean like it might get over that. I think this might get a little it bit. Could get over. could be a little bit over before. that. I'm yeah. And I'm staying away from it just cause Syracuse's defense has been pretty good, but it's also Syracuse's defense. Like we've seen, like mm-hmm. we've seen this before, right? Where you expect them to be pretty good, then all of a sudden they kind of lay an egg. And mm-hmm. Purdue's defense can't really tackle, so uh, yeah, yeah, I'll stay off of that. Um, I, it could potentially go under if, if Syracuse's defense really comes to play and Purdue's Big Ten defense all of a sudden becomes a sticking point for Syracuse. That would be hard to believe, though. Yep. Yep. All right, Syracuse in the over for the both of us. Don't feel strongly about either of those picks. Uh, 3.30 on ABC. My Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, Mike, are a 16.5-point home underdog taking on the number 20 Ole Miss Rebels. Total is 64. Um, this game is on ABC, which I, I just I, it came to mind. You know, I don't know. If, I think it was from Coach Carter where there was a line where – uh, the, the players had been locked out of the gym and uh, one of them makes a comment at the other is like, oh man, you thought it was bad when you were failing science. Now the whole world knows you're failing science. Um, this game on ABC has big, let the whole world know how bad you're failing here, Jeff Collins, vibes to it. Um, so that concerns me. But I will say this, I, I tweeted something out that, again, the spread here is like 16, 16 and a half, depending on where you look. SP Plus says that Ole Miss in Atlanta should be favored by 28. That's a significant gap, and it has Ole Miss as like the number seven program in the country <clears throat> overall. Like, there's something I don't know. There's something kind of fishy here, and I, I'm I'm a little bit at the point right now that I'm not fully sold on Ole Miss. I will say this: um, replaced almost all of their starters on both sides of the ball. I mean, multiple new quarterbacks. Pretty much all the running backs are pretty much brand new. Pretty much all your receivers are brand new on the lines, on the defense, new coordinators on both sides of the ball, like the whole thing. They didn't look great against Troy in week one. Uh, they It was total pushover game against Central Arkansas. So, like, we don't know a lot about this Ole Miss team. I realize what they did last year, and I realize who they play for. And, of course, Lane Kiffin is going to be the best coach on either sideline on Saturday. But I just I feel like everyone's acting like it's a, it's a foregone conclusion that Georgia Tech just gets killed here. And they very well might on national television. Um, you don't even need a cable subscription to see this. Just get the rabbit ears. You'll see it. Um, I, but I just, I don't think it's as much a foregone conclusion as others think. I think there's a chance for Georgia tech to keep it close here. I'm not sold that they will. 
I don't. Uh, I can't recommend betting Georgia Tech. That is just not going to be a fun experience. So, um, I guess, I guess, give me Ole Miss here. I, I actually feel pretty good though about the under total of sixty four. Mostly that I don't know how many times Georgia Tech gets in the end zone. So at the very least, they're not going to help that much. So give me, uh, I guess, give me Ole Miss in the under here. Sixty four, kind of a big number. Ole Miss in the under. This has vibes of week one against Clemson to me where I think Georgia tech will hang for a little bit mm-hmm. um, where I think Georgia tech's going to have some issues is with Ole Miss's athleticism on offense. Um, and then what, where I'm concerned about Georgia tech too, in this game is Ole Miss's um, athleticism defensively, mm-hmm. right? Because Ole Miss is not known as a team that has this like outstanding defense all the time because they're just lighting up the scoreboard and, you know, it's like first one to 70. They're Mm -hmm. like a light version of Tennessee, basically. Uh, But the way I look at this, though, is Ole Miss has some athletes on that side of the ball that I think will eventually wear down Georgia Tech's offense. So I think Georgia Tech does keep this close for a while, Joey, but I think ultimately Ole Miss wins this game and covers. But that's not what I'm interested in. No, I'm interested in the I'm I'm interested in the under Joey mm. so much so that I'm going to lock that up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, well, lock it up. well, lock well. It lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say something that I'm already kind of invested on the under as well. Um, mm. I will say enough that, to lock it up, Joey. I you know what? I, I guess I might as well. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. There's the can Georgia Tech score on this defense thing, but there's also if you go back and you look at that game that Ole Miss played against Troy in Week One, they scored 28 points. I think the the shortest drive that they scored those points on required nine plays. Like I feel like we're used to seeing this Lane Kiffin Ole Miss offense be explosive and pick up yards in chunks and do all those things. This is a little bit more of a plotting like. Uh, deliberate offense than we're used to seeing that's going to run the ball a lot more, not throw it down the field nearly as much. So I think that has some some chances to uh, kind of muck up the game, slow it down, limit possessions a little bit as well. So um, I, I feel pretty good about that underplay as well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take that and lock it yeah. up as well. Yeah, that, that's that's where I'm at. The, the total is what caught my eye. 16 and a half, don't know really what to do with it, but I could see this playing out pretty much like the Clemson game did, except I'm not sure Ole Miss gets as much separation as Clemson did. I think Clemson was, what Clemson close at? 20, 24 point favorite? 23 or like 24, that. something like that. Yeah. 23 or 24. So I, I don't think they, they get quite as much separation as Clemson did, um, but I, I do think they get separation by, by the end of the game. I do think Georgia Tech hangs for a while, though, and mm-hmm. I don't think Jeff Collins will totally embarrass himself on national TV, but I'm open to being wrong. Yeah, and that's that's the thing I think that people need to consider as well and that I, had, I was thinking about earlier this week is if you're a Georgia Tech fan, what, do, what is your success criteria for this game? a game against a, a ranked, more talented opponent with a better coach uh, that you are more than a two-touchdown underdog against, like, are you realistically going to be really mad if you lose this game 31-27? I mean, like, this is the thing you got to think about is, you know, can it, is it okay if they, you know, cover and they keep it close for a while, Ole Miss scores a late touchdown to maybe make it a 10-point game, but again, you had it as a game in the fourth quarter and it was close and entertaining and that kind of thing? Like, maybe... 
I, I don't think that Jeff Collins has to win every single game to, you know, kind of redeem himself or, uh, you know, change his image as a coach. I think it's just a question of, um, just a question of like, you know, you, you can get better even if you're not fully winning the game and you can show signs of progress. So something to consider here of uh, just, you know, what, what would success look like in this game, even in a game where Georgia Tech doesn't necessarily win. So consider that. Mike, you know the other thing people should, should consider? What should they consider, Joey? I think they should consider going to the game this weekend that they need to wear something to support Georgia Tech. They should be getting that thing to support Georgia Tech from section103.com, the internet's premier yeah, place should. for yeah, they should for purchasing all sorts of wonderful Georgia Tech apparel, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, uh, V-necks, things for men, women, children, something for the whole family. They have all sorts of wonderful, high-quality, great-looking apparel. Um, you and I both have some items from section103.com and love them. They are, again, they're great quality. They look great. They are super comfortable. Highly, highly recommended. They've got shirts with the official tech gold. They've got all the official word marks, things that are hard to find elsewhere. And I don't ever really know why, but I'll make it really easy for you. Go to section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Really appreciate Steven and the gang for their partnership. Uh, really been enjoying this second season with them and look forward to uh, what else you know might, might come later. Um, keep an eye on their website too, by the way. They, they've started running some pretty frequent sales. Um, I know following the Western Carolina win last weekend, they ran a sale for 24 hours, giving 18% off everything to celebrate the 18-point win. So... Yeah, so keep an eye. You never know what you might find. Section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Mike. Even with the deals. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, 7 o'clock ESPN2, the final uh, Power 5 matchup we have here. Number 16, NC State, a 10-point home favorite, taking on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Total is 54. Um, I This feels like a little bit of a, call it a dress rehearsal, game for NC State so had a bit of a rough matchup against ECU that first weekend uh, that you know things didn't go as well as they needed to last week kicked the crap out of a, a, a low low a low quality FCS team that's always good this is a a tougher opponent that you need to be using to kind of get ready to play Clemson in two weeks um, I believe they got UConn next week so it's like you know this is a good. This is a good way to test your team before they go into Death Valley in two weeks. Do you think that they are able to get some separation and, and run away with this game from from Texas Tech? No. Go on. No. Um. So Texas Tech just beat a pretty good Houston team in a wild. By the way, in a wild game mm-hmm. last Saturday. Wild, wild game, and, and it was buried in the headlines because it was like the seventh or eighth craziest thing that happened last Saturday. Um, crazy overtime game. Texas Tech pulls it out. Um, really good win for Joey McGuire in, in year one, right? Mm-hmm. I could see them now going on the road and having this be a gigantic letdown spot against a really good NC State team. Here's why I think Texas Tech is going to make things a little bit difficult on NC State, though. By the way, I think NC State wins this game. I think they win close. But here's why I think Texas Tech is going to make things a little bit more difficult on NC State. NC State's offensive line, specifically in week one against East Carolina, did not play particularly well. Texas Tech, I think, is going to get after them up front. And I think it's going to make things a little bit difficult 
on NC State. NC State was lucky to win that game against East Carolina. You know, they, they had some issues in the kicking game. <clears throat> East Carolina did that, you know, really kept NC State from losing the game outright. Um, plus, we also have a ranked NC State situation in primetime at home. What could possibly go wrong there, Joey? <laughs> so I, I, um, I, I, like to, I like Texas Tech to hang here. NC State's a better team. They, they should win. 10 points feels like a ton. Mm -hmm. And on one hand, I could say, yep, Texas Tech, emotional win last weekend. They're going to go on the road. It's going to be a letdown spot. This is a really tough matchup for them against in a really tough road environment, right? On the other side, I'm like, you know what? Are we sure NC State is going to handle their business offensively? Like, are we uh, are we at like a thousand percent sure that that's going to be the case? I don't know. Um, NC State's better. They should win the game. They're prime time at home. They're better. Their quarterback's better. Their offense, in theory, is better. Um, they have a better team. They should win by a couple scores. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that they do. Give me, uh, give me Texas Tech to cover here. I think they keep it close and make things a little bit more difficult in NC State than they'd like. If I remember, I, I believe I heard earlier there were some numbers that suggest that Dave Doran has actually been really good in these spots as a double-digit home favorite. Um, so it, it does feel a little bit like not a great decision to pick against them in this spot. But it also seems like a lot of separation to get for a team that's going to try to play the way that they are, it seems like. They're going to really try to lean on that run game, I feel like. Um, they're going to play a more conservative style and make conservative decisions on when to go for it, when not. So I'm leaning towards taking Texas Tech for that reason. I'm with you. I think NC State wins this game. I think they need to. I think they will. I think there's a chance there's like a backdoor cover kind of situation. Um, uh, so give me Texas Tech to cover 10, though. Um, Texas Tech seems a little little bit more game than they have been in recent years. Um, they, they can play a little bit, and they can – like you said, I mean, that's a that's a pretty decent Houston team that they, they beat last week. Yeah. That was at home. Yeah. That yep. was at home. So, you know, it's a little different situation than to pick up and after the letdown to then go to Raleigh. Um, and, and play a team that's going to try to be physical and, and beat you over the head. So um, we'll see if they can pull it off two weeks in a row. I think NC State, again, uses this as a little bit of a dress rehearsal. I think next week you're probably showing as little as possible before going to Clemson the following week. Uh, but yep. I think you you know, you know try to work some kinks out and get, get everything in your house in order as much as possible this week. So I think NC State wins this game, but give me Texas Tech to keep it within 10. And Yep, I'm with you. Total-wise is 54. I kind of like the over. I think this might get a little bit pointy on either side, somehow, some way. But I, I don't know. It doesn't really fit the rest of my narrative, I guess. So who knows? <laughs> I, I'm going to lean under, but I don't really have an opinion on the total, if I'm being quite honest with you. Um, I am noticing that we are in agreement on um, everything so far this week. So Most things, yeah, except for the the first couple of games we've talked about. But three in a row, we are, uh, we're pretty much in, in lockstep here. So uh, Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> it's really just, uh, yeah, but I mean, even, I mean, outright winners, I think we're pretty much on board. Yes. Spread picks, which crap you this week. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mike, the next four games, um, we've got a really wonky ACC network lineup this week. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, I'll say. Our, our first game kicks off at 11 o'clock, still in the middle, like with an hour left of college game day. Your Virginia Tech Hokies taking on Wofford. Uh, anything to look for here? I, I I don't understand this kickoff time, but, you know. I don't be either. I mean, 
SP Plus has this as a 40 to 2 game, so I'm interested to see how Wofford scores that too. <laughs> they get um, points in the paint at some point or like Yeah, get to right. the free throw um, line. Like Yeah, get the free throw line, make a couple. I um two things I'm watching out for here. Can Virginia Tech gain separation against a bad FCS team? Mm-hmm. Number one. Uh and that seems silly, but it doesn't happen very often, at least in recent years. Number two, um, Virginia Tech from a depth standpoint, what do they look like? Because it's a lot of youth, right? So hopefully in the second half, we see a lot of these younger guys get in so that I have a general idea as a fan and alum of what's going to happen when there are injuries. And again, it is Wofford, so I don't know how much I'm going to glean from that, but I would like to see some of these younger guys play so I have an idea of what we've got. Mm -hmm. Um, Because right now I don't really have any idea. A lot of freshmen on the two deep, and I, I'd like to think that all of them are going to be good, but I know for a fact that's not going to be the case. So let's try to figure out who, who plays well against a bad FCS team. So those are two things I'm hoping to see at Virginia Tech blow out and, and see some of the depth guys in the 2D. I was going to say, I think you hope to get out to an early lead here and then treat it a little bit like a scrimmage, you know, work some stuff out on offense yeah. uh, where they, they really yep. could use some, some work, I think. Yeah, get some exercise. Yep. Maybe yep. execute on offense. Maybe maybe that's more of a maybe that's more of a topic. How about executing on offense for the first <laughs> time this year? That'd be good. Yeah, against uh, you know live opponents or any opponents or just warm, a defense. Warm bodies. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Two o'clock on the ACC network. Virginia's awesome. Well, they are, Mike. And speaking of them, Virginia, an eight and a half point favorite at home. Taking on Old Dominion, total is fifty three. Um, luckily, this is this is an easy spot. I think uh, it's been literally days since an ACC team has lost to Old Dominion, so um, I, I think Virginia probably in good spot, in good shape here. What do you think, Mike? What's Old Dominion's mascot? The Monarchs, baby. This is the Queen Elizabeth II Memorial Game of the Week. <laughs> <Shelley>. <laughs> You bet, Mike, you need to be careful with that. If you bring that back out, we're probably going to have to have theme music for it. <laughs> well, I mean, don't tempt me. <laughs> don't threaten um, me with a good time. <laughs> I'll say. Get Queen's Gambit music on here or something, which <laughs> wasn't about football or the British monarchy. Anyway, um, <laughs> give, me, I, I, give me give me, Virginia here, Joey. Um uh, I, I do think Virginia plays well and wins this game. Old Dominion beats Virginia Tech in week one because Virginia Tech sat on their thumb. Old Dominion in week two uh, lost to East Carolina in a close game. Uh, Old Dominion is going to be feisty. They're going to be annoying. Virginia is bad, but they're better than Old Dominion. Um, in fact, every team Old Dominion has played so far has been better than Old Dominion. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of execution. UVA is is due for a good game. I think they get it here. Um, they're at home. I, I think that makes it a little bit easier than going on the road and, and playing Norfolk. Give me UVA. UVA wins. Covers. I think this opened around 10 and has come down a little bit to this 8.5 number. Give me, makes it more attractive. Yeah, give me give me Old Dominion in the points, actually. and, and Ooh. I, I think Virginia Ooh. wins the game by, I don't know, 4-7. to seven. I just I don't want to lay more than a touchdown with Virginia right now. Um, honestly, like just with what we've seen, I don't think they've looked impressive enough that like they're definitely going to get separation here. And and you're correct that like the way that Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech is really not that rec- replicable. Like 
it's not that Old Dominion was great. It's that Virginia Tech stepped on their own crank like several times. So, I, I you know, I don't think that that's really the case here. It's just, I think after the way that Virginia just got stomped last week, I don't know that I trust them again to just get separation on a team that's got a little bit of life to them. So. Give me Old Dominion to keep this thing a little bit close again. It might be a bit of a backdoor cover situation, uh, but I'll take Old Dominion in the eight and a half. But I think Virginia wins by like four to seven points here. Um, yep. Totals fifty three. I, I don't know. I don't feel strongly about it. Over, no idea. Maybe? Under, I guess. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go with the under. We'll, okay. We'll just yeah. switch sides there. You got Virginia in the under. I got Old Dominion in the over. Yep. Now at five o'clock on the ACC network. Um, I hope the two games before this go quickly so they can get out of the way for the number 19 Wake Forest Steam and Deeks, a 16 and a half point home favorite taken on the Liberty Flames. Total is 63 and a half. Uh, I, I, I feel like I need to lock up something here. Uh, let's lock up over 63 and a half at the very least. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I, I just think this is going to get real pointy. Uh, Virginia, uh, sorry, Wake Forest was a bit of a buzzsaw last week with Sam Hartman coming back. I think that continues here. I don't know that Liberty is actually all that good. I think Wake Forest runs away with this game. I think they cover, and um, I, I'm, I was tempted to lock that up too, but maybe just one lock is enough on this game. Well, don't worry, Joey. That's why I'm here. Wake Forest, my 16 and a half. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Laying big numbers. Let's go. Yeah. Liberty backup quarterback. Charlie Brewer got hurt. He's out for like a drink, by the way. Charlie Brewer got hurt again. Um, <laughs> that's just what he does. Um, yeah. I mean, Sam Hartman's back. Wake was firing on all, all cylinders offensively last week. They looked great with Mitch Griffiths week one against VMI. It was VMI. Um, Liberty is just, this is not the same Liberty team as last year. It's just not. They'll be they'll be fine. They'll be competitive. They'll probably make a bowl game. They're not beating Wake Forest. Give me Wake. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I agree. I don't have a whole lot more on that game. And the over, by the way. I'm, I'm, the, I'm with you there. Definitely the over. Uh, I think Wake, Wake probably gets into the 40s by themselves at the very least. Um, yeah. And, and maybe further, depending on what pace Liberty is going to play at. So we'll find out. Finally, back on schedule at 8 o'clock on the ACC Network, the number five Clemson Tigers, a 34-point favorite at home against Louisiana <laughs> Tech. Totals 54. Uh, I, I really don't want to lay 34 with Clemson, but they might just roll their helmets out there and win like 38 to nothing. That's like on the table. Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech is so bad. Yeah. They're so bad. Um, Clemson in the under. Is is the play here? Definitely uh, under fifty four is way too many. It, it's a lot. I how many? Like first of all, how many is Clemson scoring? And then second of all, Louisiana Tech's not scoring that much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Clemson the under. I I'm with you. I, this feels like feels like thirty seven to nothing or thirty eight to three or something. I, I don't know. Implied score here is forty four to ten, and yeah. I mean, let's see what Louisiana Tech has done here. Uh, they got smoked by Missouri, 52-24, and then they beat Stephen F. Austin, 52-17. So if anything, if we've learned anything, it's that somebody's going to score 52 points in this game, and I don't think it's going to be Louisiana Tech. So right. <laughs> let's just go yeah, with, with you. Clemson. <laughs> yeah, Clemson and the under, but yeah, that number is low enough that I, I don't want to lock up the under personally. So Fair. We'll do that. Fair. Okay. 
Uh, last one between FCS competition, Mike. The number 23 Pittsburgh Panthers, a 10-point favorite on the road in, is it Kalamazoo? Is that where Western Michigan is? I think so. Okay. In Kalamazoo, uh, I don't know what part of the mitten that's in uh, of Michigan, but it's up there somewhere. Uh, totals 47 and a half. Uh, I, I guess the, the idea here is pit and the under. Um, but I guess I don't know, man. Like this is the game that I mean, Pitt couldn't possibly lose a second year in a row, right? Like, <laughs> I, I think, especially on the road, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you lost at home. You're definitely not going to lose a revenge game on the road against a bad team, are you? Uh, I mean, not bad, but worse than you. Yeah, I would hope not. Um, Western Michigan. Let's see what they've done so far this year. I'm very prepared. They lost 35-13 to Michigan State, and they beat Ball State last week, 37 to 30. I don't know what to do with any of that. Uh, just give me the. <laughs> oh, good. They were in a barn burner with Ball State. That yeah. makes me feel a lot better about this. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, give me the Broncos in 10. I guess. Once again, just on the, on the principle of I don't know that Pittsburgh is really running away from anybody, especially. I don't know. Is Keaton Slovis playing in this game? By the way. Or we no idea. No idea. Nick Patty. Yeah. Old St. Nick Patty. Yeah. Um, he is Never a game time Nick decision. Patty. Game time decision. Does it matter? I mean, it's not great when Pittsburgh Sports Now is putting out an article saying Pitt's number three quarterback is undecided but important heading into Western Michigan. <laughs> not great. <laughs> Give me the Broncos. It's between the it's between a guy who we basically had a, as a preferred walk on, then gave a scholarship, and then a walk on. Like that's our third straight. Like that's you're you're digging down deep on the depth chart. Um, I don't know. This is this is gross. I don't know who's playing quarterback here for Pitt. And I thought Nick Patty played fine last weekend against Tennessee, which is probably a good thing for He's- the Panthers considering. Everybody had him dead. I mean, when, when Slovis went out, he's kind of hurt too. Like he got banged up in that game. <laughs> yes, he is. We're trying to. Everybody's searching. Everybody's searching their their roster card, trying to figure out who's coming in next. <laughs> what does the transfer portal have to say about midseason transfers? This seems like a logical application. It's yeah. I mean, how's your army stays, Joey? <laughs> um, not good enough for this. I don't think. I mean, then again, okay. the, jo- the the quarterback <laughs> job at Pittsburgh is mostly just turn around and hand it off the hand off the ball at this point. So, I could probably do that. I mean, it is now. It wasn't it? Is now? It wasn't last year? Yeah. Um, but it's okay. We got rid of all those uh, all those culprits of a, of a really good offense. We got rid of all them. So thank God. Sent off Mark Whipple to go get uh, Scott Frost fired. Yeah, Mark Whipple might get that job. You know, who knows? Ooh. Uh, that would not be smart, but you know. <laughs> Well, wouldn't be the first time that Nebraska's made a dumb hire. <laughs> no, I was going to say, well, they hired Scott Frost, didn't they? But that was supposed to work. I mean, that that's like literally, that's like cookie cutter had to work. It just didn't. So that's, by the way, Nebraska is in that spot where like, that's kind of the issue Miami's going to have where like you bring Cristobal home and if he doesn't work, then what do you do? Because mm-hmm. like that was supposed to work. And it's like, he was the, uh, the big time coach that cycle. And he was a Nebraska guy, and he didn't work. Cristobal, any other's coaching cycle, he would be the, the name, right? It was a really weird – everybody moved, right? Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, 
things got weird last offseason. Chris Paul is like buried on that list. But like if he doesn't work in Miami, I don't know what's gonna happen. Anyway, back to Pittsburgh, Western Michigan. Give me the Broncos. I don't know. Broncos cover pit wins. It goes under. I don't know. That sounds right. I think this is okay. a a bit of a survive in advance for Pitt. Going on the road with your backup quarterback, like just I don't know. They're gonna try to win this game like twenty four to ten or something like that. So uh, Yeah. I don't know that they will. I took Western in the ten points, but you know, whatever. So uh, Western and the under for both of us, but I think Pitt wins outright. Two more quick ones here, Mike. Uh, six o'clock on the ACC Network Extra. The Duke Blue Devils hosting NCA and T. I I don't have a whole lot on this game other than uh, we we talked about this game being a dangerous, losable spot for Duke in the offseason. How are we feeling about that? Not anymore. Not anymore. I don't think there's a letdown here. I think Duke is uh, <laughs> just a lot better than I ever thought they were going to be this year. So. Um, yeah, no, I think Duke wins this easily. We're in a world not far off here in the future where like Duke could be like the second or third best team in the coastal. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mostly kidding, but not really. That's on the table. <laughs> on the table. Uh, third, third place is up for grabs, and Duke is right in that mix. They're going to play Carolina later this year. We'll find out for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> 730 on ESPN three. I think the Jefferson pilot special got pushed to a night game this week. Speaking of weird TV schedules. So, uh, you know, hold on to your butts for that. Uh, the Boston college Eagles, the dudes, what's better than this guys being dudes. They are at home taking on the main, uh, what are they? The black bears. What is this main football? Yeah. The black bears. There we go. I had it right. How about that? Um, they are the black bears. Maine uh, coming off a 21 to 18 loss to Colgate, and before that, a 41 to nothing loss to the New Mexico Lobos. So, I do think Boston College will be able to score enough points to win this game. But this is a good time to start trying to figure out what the hell you're doing on your offensive line. Uh, get that figured I out was now. Say. <laughs> Don't leave that for any any further. You better be able to block me. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't BC, know. What, though. BC wins. Yeah, BC wins. I don't know what the spread is or what the total is. If you see a total in the fifties for this game, take the under. Yeah, absolutely. I think I don't. I don't think Boston College just takes the opportunity to run it up here. But you know, who knows? Crazier things have happened. Yep. Uh, Mike, that's all I got. Oh, sorry. Nope. One more game. One more game. Real quick. At <sighs> I kid you not. At five o'clock. On the NFL Network, and this is still on Saturday, too. (laughs) Our Bowling Green Falcons hosting the Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, This is like a 17-point spread. Marshall, a 17-point road favorite in Bowling Green. Um, (laughs) Marshall looks like a bit of a wagon after last week. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say. Bowling Green. South Bend and beat top 10 Notre Dame. Yeah, they're a wagon. Bowling Green looks like they might be in the way of the train this weekend, so uh, let's take Marshall. Yeah. One team's the wagon, one team's getting run over by the wagon. Marshall (laughs) can have a letdown game here, and they would still cover 17. Marshall. Yeah, quite possible. Quite possible. Um, We will continue covering Bowling Green, by the way, until Scott Leffler is no longer their head coach, and I don't know that there's a light at the end of that tunnel just yet. (laughs) Somehow, some way. I'll say. I'll say. What's that bio look like? I... (laughs) I don't know. Too much. Too much, if it's anything. Uh, so, 
Anyways, uh, Mike, that's all they got. You want to recap our locks real quick? Let's do it. We are both on the under 44.5 for Miami, Texas A&M. We are both on under 64 for Georgia Tech, Ole Miss. I am on over 63.5 in Wake Forest and Liberty, and you are on Wake Forest minus 16.5 in that game. So three locks apiece. Uh, I believe we did really well in locks last week. Let me go double-check what we did. I think we were both 2-0, and if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, nice bounce back. Yes. Yeah, much needed. Um, let's see. I had the Syracuse over and the Duke under, and the Duke under was a bit of a miracle under, but that came in. The Syracuse over, they almost got there themselves, as I thought they might. You also had the Duke under, and you had Syracuse minus 23, and that that covered as well. So uh, I believe we are back to – Yeah, I think we're back to 500 on the year, uh, or you might be one under 500, but I need to go – check the numbers and, and remember who you picked on week one. So, um, Fair enough. me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long, uh, you know, it's been several years since week one. So it's, it's easy to yes. forget. <laughs> yes. When, when you have newborns, time is a flat circle. It is, uh, yeah, it is more than a social construct. They might say, um, that's right. <laughs> all right, Mike, that's all I got on week three. Anything else before we get out of here? Nope. Good. Crisp, quick preview this week. That's good. I like it. Um, let's go watch these games. In the meantime, y'all can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SI together. We're at BC podcast ACC. You can send us an email with your questions, your comments, your concerns to the longest email address known to man basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Appreciate those who have recently. We've sent a few responses recently. So we, you know, we, we see you, we see you, we see your emails. We appreciate you sending them. Please keep doing it. Uh, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify. Mike, you want to tell them where else they can find us on the social medias. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all the podcasts. Please do. Please do. Uh, Mike, I think that's all I've got. Anything else? See you on the recap. Yeah. We're going to do uh, Saturday Night Fever again? Yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll uh, we'll do that. By the way, for those still listening, we have a uh, we have a bit of a plan in place for some uh, late night Saturday video content coming a little bit later this fall. So keep it tuned here. We'll have more on that later. Uh, Mike, this has been fun. Enjoy the games. We'll talk soon. Yep, sounds good. All right, for Mister Mike McDaniel and his good boy Tucker and my, uh, I'm Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you afterwards. Until then, go ACC. Go ACC.